All right. Namaste everyone. Welcome to the Tavern Podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. So today is our follow-up podcast. This is going to be titled The The End of Hinduism. I'm sorry, I can't control my laughter. I can't hear you. You're breaking up. I'm perfectly audible to everyone. Sale tera internet aisa hi hai. Wait. Te apne aap teri gaadi theek ho jayegi. Ha ha, ab theek ho gaya. So today's podcast is titled The End of Hinduism Q&A. So just to give you guys a brief background about what we are going to do together today. So last time, as you know, uh, Abhijit had come on the podcast and he had presented his hypothesis about why he thinks for certain particular reasons, uh, Hinduism might, uh, Hinduism as we know today, might cease to exist in the next 100 years or by the end of the century whatever whatever way you want to take it now obviously uh, i i had a lot of disagreements with that uh, hypothesis so which i wanted to address but uh, we because of paucity of time we could not address those issues and today what we are going to do is we're going to have more of a back and forth discussion where we can actually converse with each other uh as you see abhinit has suddenly disappeared <laughs> from the screen but don't worry he will be back uh he, he he's and he's back <laughs> there you go abhijit is back don't worry guys so as i had said so today is going to be more of a back and forth discussion uh just to <laughs> as they say with abhijit you know there is a saying he came he saw he conquered with abhijit and his last end of hinduism discussion it was he came he saw he pissed everyone off and depressed the shit out of them so so that was the that was the that was the criteria so now uh, uh, this is how we are going to start abhijit abhi tujhe meri awaaz aayi tujhe kyun nahi meri awaaz aayi tu apne phone se aa ja nahi to it was perfect till you till we went live shabash shabash so yahan to tere phone se aate ha main phone se aate hain ek minute ha chal phone se aa कोई बात नहीं मैं तब तक आई विल कीप द ऑडियंस एंगेज एंड एंटरटेन डोंट वरी आई विल कीप द ऑडियंस एंगेज एंड एंटरटेन डोंट वरी सो गाइस एज यू सी व्हाट अ वंडरफुल स्टार्ट टू द डिस्कशन एज ऑलवेज अभिजीत्स इंटरनेट हैज गिवन अप डोंट वरी आई विल एडिट ऑल दीस बिट्स आउट ऑफ द ऑफ द डिस्कशन अभिजीत विल बी बैक सून फ्रॉम हिज सेल्फ फोन डोंट वरी अबाउट दैट एंड एंड बिलीव मी बिफोर वी जस्ट वेंट लाइव वी टेस्टेड अभिजीत Abhijit's internet was working perfectly, and the moment we went live, his internet was like, "Nah, many काम करता," and that's how Abhijit is, and his internet is. So let's see now. Okay, let's see if his internet is working. Abhi, तुझे आवाज़ आ रही है? Yeah, this is actually very good. I can hear you perfectly, and it's clear, and it's not breaking. So Abhijit, now you have to conclude. There's something wrong with your. मिसकोटिंग यू सो वेरी शॉर्ट टू टू थ्री मिनट समरी ऑफ योर क्लेम वॉज दैट Hinduism as we know uh, today 
has gone through a particular journey. So you obviously started by using the old examples of uh, Christianity in certain parts of the world and how pre-Christian or pre-Islamic religions were put, wiped out by Abrahamic monotheism in those areas for different reasons. But then uh, they also tried something similar in India in uh, in pre-independence India, not post-independence India, but for certain socio-political and cultural reasons, Hinduism still survived. But what has happened uniquely after independence in, in this new constitutional republic is the way the constitution is structured and the way the constitution has an asymmetry where Hindu rights are uh, objectively and qualitatively and quantitatively uh, quantitatively trampled by the Indian state, which is actively anti-Hindu, this is the reason that there is a unique threat that is posed to Hinduism. And because of that, you think Hinduism, as we understand and as we have known for the last 6,000 years, is going to end. Am I wrong or right in your summary of your argument? Correct. All right. Fair enough. So now, uh, so now, Abhijit, these are my objections to your hypothesis. And I'm uh, so now you'll have to hear me today and give me some time. Now, first, I'm going to start by explaining this, that uh, the entire premise, see, one of the most important things that people have to realize that that was even part of your premise was the elite theory. Now, what is the elite theory or the elite hypothesis is basically this theory uh, explains that there is a small minority uh, that is the members of the higher echelons of the society, the elites in a society that have a disproportionately high influence on the direction or the destiny of a society. Now, uh, in the as you have stated in multiple examples, is what has happened is when you have used history as an example, you've used the elite hypothesis that in, in case of the pagan, pagan Europe, when the elites... Uh, became Christian, they, they had certain effects on society in, in India's case when the elites became Hindu. Now, in the same case, now post-independence India, your claim is that the elites are actively working against the Indian state. Now, while I take your argument, so this is my first objection. Now, the a priori assumption over here, Abhijit, is, and, and you can correct me if I'm, uh, I'm mis, uh, uh, putting words in your mouth here. I think there is a fundamental error here is that Maybe you're assuming that the Indian elite is not going to change at all. Uh, I believe the Indian elite is changing, but it is changing at a slower rate. Now, the, we, we can quibble and argue about the rate at which the elite is willing to change, but we cannot quibble about the intent of the elite because if you look at the Hindu elite, I'm not talking about the elites in general. Obviously, the left wing in India is very anti-Hindu, but in the case of the BJP, I believe the BJP does understand the problems what they are facing is a 60-year hegemony on controlling Indian discourse. And I believe you're being unfair uh, on that. So that's my first point. Now I want to hear you out. Okay. So uh, first, um, I don't know where you're seeing the change because I certainly don't see the change. If anything, the BJP is going the Congress way. Not in terms of corruption, but certainly in terms of uh, a minority appeasement. It took them literally 24 hours to arrest Ashwini Upadhyay for that thing, where they weren't even able to provide proof that he was there at that point of time, uh, yesterday with the slogan shouting or whatever. When Shaheen Bagh broke out, which was incidentally a carry-on from the Silampur riots, what were they doing? Nothing. When Shaheen Bagh broke out, even though it was illegal and they were blockading roads, what did they do? Nothing. Uh, what did they do when the Delhi riots happened? Finally, after everything, they did something. 
what did they do when the farmers were plucking up uh, uh, poles and things like that, telephone poles and things like that, till they realized it was Sadak and Edaka telephone poles? Nothing. Uh, what happened when the riots finally happened? Nothing. Uh, they are still blockading roads and that uh, road going to Ghaziabad is still blocked. So Abhinav still has to take the metro coming into Delhi. Uh, what are they doing? Nothing. Okay. And remember, a consistent thing and... Uh, they have now decided to shift the OBC lists back to the states, which means it will be given, especially in Andhra and Maharashtra, it is going to be given irrespective of religion to anybody they deem fit. Okay, so there are two things out here. One is this sort of uh, 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 statesman uh, uh, complex. Uh, Atal Bihari Vajpayee also felt uh, 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 prey to it, you know, of seeking the validation and needing the stamp of approval of the left. Uh, the second, because let's face it, uh, the right is uh, an extremely low intellect bunch of people. Uh, the right as we know it, that is. Uh, <clears throat> we haven't really developed a major uh, right-wing intellect in this country. Uh, the second part of it is, uh, can you hear me? Okay, I can't I hear, can you. hear you. I can okay. hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. Uh, and the second part of it is that a whole movement of the BJP away from its original urban Bania Brahmin voter base to a rural uh, multi-caste voter base, which they again want to expand, and they, they are trying desperately to get more Sunni votes. Shia votes are already in their bag, right? They're trying to get more Sunni votes. They need more Christian votes. So, for example, it doesn't matter what happens in Andhra, they will never crack the whip. They will never crack the whip in West Bengal. Okay, so so okay. Let me come back to you on this one now. Look, as far as the OBC uh, ruling is concerned, I actually disagree with you. I think it's better to give the power back to the states. It's always better for the states to decide what the actual list of OBCs is. As far as uh, the fear raised by a few people where they say, oh, they might consider uh, Muslims to be OBC, we'll see. We'll cross the bridge when it comes. I don't see, think see, so. That's the fear. Kushal, that, that is the worst assumption of law. We will cross the bridge because once it has been done, redoing it becomes impossible. Do you understand? This is like we were discussing on that podcast uh, which brought about this Q&A. Once the cattle have fled, you can't then put them back into the box again. The political capital that you expend in putting it back in the box becomes too much. Okay, so no, we will not see. It shows you the kind of trashy uh, uh, calculus. Uh, the, anything you see with the policy, this is something we noticed with India's nuclear policy, that they never considered second and third order effects. With the Modi government, they don't seem to consider second and third order effects of anything, which is why we still don't have a white paper on, say, what happened with demonetization. What were the goals? What were the results? 
we still don't have a clear uh, white paper on GST. What were the goals? What were the results? What increased? What decreased? Uh, uh, what did it stimulate? What did it not stimulate? Etc. 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 With this OBC move, I really uh, it will benefit some of the BJP state governments. It benefits the BJP electorally, but it hurts Hindus generally. Because this is one more avenue for people from the OBC community to uh, uh, double dip even if they convert out, number one. And number two, it gives complete freedom to the states to put whoever they want irrespective of what religion onto that list. Again, uh, that is assuming that... And, and mind you, state governments, especially the Congress, TDP and all these people, they are much, much... They don't... Uh, uh, they are not these, uh, uh, you know, social climbing yuppies who crave uh, uh, social validation from the left. Okay, because in uh, 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 Y.S. Jagan's case, he did a whole load of pro-Christian uh, subsidies and pro-Christian uh, uh, actions within the first two, three weeks of coming to power. The DMK within the first month of power has revamped the entire history syllabus. And they've revamped a, 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 a lot of things. When the uh, Congress government came, for example, they sacked all the education boards and things that the BJP set up. The BJP hasn't done it in seven years. Right. So there's a lot of things going on here. Never take an argument in its singularity. Always look at it in terms of what is happening all across it. Yeah, but that could be applied on the other side also, right? It could also happen that they fix this lacuna. They could. I've given up on them fixing anything because their uh, general rule is they don't think through policies. Or these policies are based on feelings, not on hard statistics, because they don't know. Uh, you have second and third order effects, which were never either, either they were intended, in which case the policy was malign, or it was never considered, which is actually a tribute to incompetence. Right. Okay. So, now, uh, if if you have proven over seven years that you can't get policy right, then at some point we can't say, "Oh, this is you know ten level master stroke." Let us see. There is no more. Let us see in this anymore. The, no, the I, basic, I personally and, think and this I is the right policy. I believe states should have power. Do you do you I remember? States should in, have power. Uh, not here. Not in this particular case where a policy will be abused. This is meant to incentivize Hindus, Hindu OBCs, who have been discriminated against in the past. Okay? This will be used by the states to satisfy their vote banks. This is not a vote bank measure. This is meant to be a social justice measure for Hindus specifically. Mm -hmm. Now, I would have been perfectly okay with this if they had said we are going to pair this with a... Uh, 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 certificate of declaration that you are a Hindu and get it countersigned by your local temple that you've been uh, a Hindu and you have not converted to any other religion. Okay. It would have also empowered those temples. They will not do it. Okay. So there were checks and balances that could have been put in. They're not putting it in. And this is probably to win two, three states uh, at most that they're going to get. That's fine. You know, Hindus can get, I mean, they can vote as much uh, uh, extinction as they want. I mean, I'm uh, ultimately, I don't decide how they vote. They vote and uh, they're getting what they deserve. All right. Again, 
I, I, I still don't buy the argument. I think the OBC uh, bill and the, the now is there a political angle to it? Obviously, there is a Kushal, political you're angle saying to it. You don't agree, but you're not giving me a cogent reason why you don't agree. Your reason so well, far has been let's see. I disagree. Maybe they know something we don't. No, no, I'm not saying maybe they don't know something. On principle, again, on principle, you should give more rights to states. That's just the way it is. Secondly, you have to hear me out now. Uh, Every single policy made, it's not like Congress made policies that they're without having any political motive in mind. They always had political motives in mind. Politician will always have political motives in mind. To say that why does the BJP have any political motives itself is a wrong argument. Every political party is going to play politics. But that's That's not my argument. My argument isn't about the political motives. Did I ever say a a government should not have political motives? My argument is this adds to that double-dipping pressure on conversion out of Hinduism. And Hinduism is not the same as the BJP and the BJP isn't Hinduism. But how do you take this point and extend it to people wanting to convert out of Hinduism because of OBC reservations. Because if you convert out, you're not denied those reservations. You convert out, why? What is the reason for converting out? Because you're sick of being uh, 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 not persecuted, uh, oppressed or whatever it is uh, of the social injustice and so you seek another religion whose promise is that we can provide you with social services, we can provide you with social justice, and there will no longer be uh, 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 discrimination against you. But Abhijit, today, as per Indian law, even in the case, it already exists in the case of scheduled tribes. You and I both know. Scheduled tribes, it does not matter if you're a Christian scheduled tribe or a Muslim scheduled tribe or or a Hindu scheduled tribe. You're eligible for... uh, the reservations. In the case of scheduled castes, while they have reservations, only Hindu scheduled castes are allowed reservations. There is no special mention in the law other than the one for the scheduled tribes. From whatever there is no I have mention, read, there is no mention or there is no requirement of you being Hindu in any of these laws. Not no, in scheduled castes there is. No, there isn't. Scheduled castes there is. There isn't. There isn't. There's no proof mechanism, boss. You don't even have to sign an affidavit saying that you're a Hindu. Leave alone a verification process. As of now, Abhijit, the Indian law, I'm talking about at the level of the law, not at the level of how it's executed in India. There is no specific word or wording in that law saying that it is only for Hindus specifically and excluding people who convert out well from what i have understood well i I can't quote a non-existent clause tell me which clause are you talking about okay so i'll tell you wait give me a minute in the meantime i'll talk about the next point that you raised now here's the thing uh the entire assumption is based on how does a meme survive so just to explain to people uh what uh How do memes survive? So there are basically three factors that make a meme forever survive. Number one, it has to be genuinely useful to a human host. Number two, it is easily imitable in the human mind. And three is that it tends to answer questions or 
or fill the needs of a particular human host. Now, according to you, the meme, because what is Hinduism at the end of the day? Hinduism is a meme. It is nothing but a meme. And uh, what we are talking about is whether it's not the question of whether Hindus will survive. The question is whether Hinduism will survive. The meme of Hinduism that is going to survive. Now, I, while I understand that the Indian state has done a few things that are not incentivizing uh, people remaining Hindu in the uh, in a positive sense. Now, I understand that. But again, it is based on an a priori assumption that the status quo will remain and it doesn't change. Secondly, it also is based on an a priori assumption that Hinduism, the meme itself, is not going to change according to the surroundings. Now, in my opinion, Hinduism has changed. Uh, the first big change in Hinduism was in the form of the Bhakti movement, which was not against the British or anything else. It was a significant change because why? The Bhakti movement came out to fight extreme caste dogma, for example, where people were not given entry into temples, people were not given entry into multiple places, but it changed. Why did it change? Because it had to survive. And the certain meme in that society uh, kind of upgraded itself. The next change in Hinduism again comes in the form of Hindutva. It changes because the Bhakti movement was not good enough and it changes. So you, my problem with your claim is that you're assuming that Hindu society stays static and everything else stays dynamic. I don't believe that. I believe Hindu society is also dynamic and others are also. Secondly, there is another a priori assumption. Okay, in yeah, there are too many assumptions. Let me answer one by one because I can't keep all of these in mind. Okay. Okay, so the first thing is... I am talking about government actions and economic measures. I am not talking about Hindu society. Okay. Again, you're basing this on the fact that you think, I believe that Hindu, I am not interested in beliefs. The point of statistics isn't future, is uh, if you're doing a future prognostication, you base it on prior trends so far. And what are those trends over the last 70 years? Have you been able to combat conversion? No. For the last 70 years, you absolutely have not. Okay, so you project trends from the past out onto the future. That is why I brought in that 1947 change point that the economics were different prior to that. The social conditions, the governmental regulations were different before that. They changed completely after that. So again and well, again, I mean, you keep if saying... If you're talking about statistics... You're constantly coming from this hope that Hinduism is dynamic enough and it will change. No, there is then, no then again you're wrong because if your assumption that. is that Hinduism is not is uh, is reducing, well, the pupils recently said that it's actually remaining in the same range because whatever the people had left Hinduism, equally same number of people had come back to Hinduism because of the changes yeah. in Hindu society. That's a statistic. Yes, yes. and remember that never takes into account uh, crypto Christians and crypto Muslims. A lot of people who take on caste certificates that I know, I mean, forget now, uh, 20 years back, no, well, not 20, about 25 years back when I was entering college, uh, half my class were Christians who had gotten on reservation. It was just that, you know, you only got to know they were Christian after a point of time. And it you would get social services from the church. It also does not take into account crypto Hindus inside Muslim and Christian societies. It equally applies to both sides. Absolutely. But what is the benefits that those people get? 
the question is not the state where is the state protection get? that any of those people get i am willing to concede that point but you ask me show me a statistic that shows that hindu society is going on falling i did show you a statistic i just shared the pew poll the pew poll clearly states that people are coming back into the hindu society you replied to me that it yeah. does not uh, configure crypto christians and crypto uh, crypto uh, you know muslims correct to to that my account is it also doesn't uh, consider crypto hindus so that's an assumption that's not a hard data point that's an assumption that you're into then fair enough except it also doesn't cover the pew polls also doesn't cover certain realities you go into certain areas of tanjavur district and things like that which have converted completely into islam for from uh, being hardcore hindu places you go into the fisherman belt of andhra and tamil nadu the rate of conversion is truly astounding yet it is not reflected in the poll how many people did the poll uh, interview well look polls are how many people did the poll interview 24000 i think 24000 to exactly. be precise now remember 24, even 24000 we should know from our election prediction depending on the pattern see they will go by population they will say andhra and tamil nadu uh, will get uh, we get respondents from there based on numbers statistically it's fine but in a country that has so much variation in terms of uh, land ownership patterns economic patterns and all of that each one of these will vary based on area the church as i have seen it in tamil nadu and andhra i don't claim to have seen it in other places i certainly don't claim to have seen it in the northeast uh is uh the way it organically responds to a challenge is very different from the way it responds to the challenge in the andamans and it's extremely organic it's extremely on the ball they know what they're doing they know what they're talking about okay so a pew poll will never truly reflect what is completely happening in this thing i accept the statistics behind it what i'm saying is there's a huge difference between what the pew poll is saying statistically and what i have seen in the tamil nadu because you know technically madras was should have been part of andhra we exchanged it uh, tirupati went to andhra and uh, madras came to uh, tamil nadu uh what we have seen in the southern andhra belt and the entire tamil nadu coastal belt tells you a very very different story it starts off with syncretism uh you know the uh, slum behind my house everybody used to be a hindu uh, 30 years back but there used to be one picture of jesus somewhere out there today there's no pictures of hindu gods i go back to all the uh, ayas and nanas and all of that who used to look after me cook for me Uh, uh, you know i'll go have lunch with them or something like that uh i see it it's gone the mushrooming of churches uh, uh, there is nothing uh, uh, there are no temples left where are beach houses where are forest houses uh, the, uh, uh, the, the the beach house at least there used to be five temples around us today there's one there was one church uh, 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 26 years back today there's about 18 churches around us so there's something that's not reflecting a ground reality out there okay you look at what has happened in the northeast they've gone from animism to christianity when when did they become christian i think in the last 200 years 
Yeah. Well, in the last hundred years, technically. Right. Well, you have you have to see. I, I was thinking from the start point to the end point. That's why I said two hundred years. Well, they became a Christian majority uh, only in the last fifty, sixty years, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, what did the Indian state do? Nothing. Even today, what is the Indian state doing? Nothing. You you look at Mus the Muslim population in Bengal today. Where do you see it? nothing? Now you tell me, I want the viewers to chime in on this because this is meant to be a public Q&A as well. Where have you seen, this is an open challenge to, because I'm telling you this from my own observations of Bengal and Tamil Nadu and Andhra, where I'm from, including Palakkad. Palakkad, for example, has now become a Muslim majority, I think, apparently. Uh, well, the number of mosques and things you see now in Palakkad, we never used to see once upon a time. Now you tell me, I want the viewers to tell us where they see that they see actually more Hindu temples and things like that. Because see, there has to be proof. When Pupol says this, I don't doubt it. I'm sure statistically, it's a good measure. The point is, I want to see living proof of it. So tell me where you see this. Uh, is your question, where do I see people converting back into Hinduism? Yeah. Oh, urban slums. Okay. I, because you know it damn well I do all these things. So uh, I, yeah. I don't want to diverge. Uh, so so maybe Maharashtra is balancing state. out. Uh, but uh, I can tell you in Tamil Nadu and Andhra, it absolutely is not. In Bengal, it is not. Uh, in the Northeast is, of course, already gone. Uh, so that's that. Kashmir is gone. Uh, UP, Bihar, I keep getting conflicting reports from people. I haven't been on the ground out there, so I don't see. But anyway, uh, let's even assume that this balance theory is right. Okay, let's assume that, in fact, the number of people converting to Hinduism is the same as the number converting out of Hinduism. The power structures are not supporting a conversion to Hinduism. You lose okay. benefits if you convert. You asked me, you asked me to state where in the law was the scheduled caste thing. It's only fair that I answer that. Paragraph 3 of the Constitution, Scheduled Caste Order 1950, restricts Christians of Scheduled Caste origin from availing the Scheduled Caste status. And FII, there is actually a case going on, uh, which was uh, which is being fought, and it is in front of uh, Bobre, I think, uh, where they want it to be specifically religiously neutral. Uh, if you want, I can share the link. Uh, I, can even share articles. Uh, I can even share you. I can even share you articles of uh, mentioning that and sharing mm. that. So I'm telling you, this is a very specific thing. And I'll share the most left wing Ghatia source, Hindu. Bejo, bejo. Beja, Tirko, private chat checker. And I'm also typing this source in our live comment section for, for our live viewers. Uh, I know this for a fact. Schedule casts are not given this. They are fighting for it. And I told you, if the government bends on this, I will be the first person to sit on a hunger strike. And I will be the first person if it happens with the OBCs also. I know it happens with SC, uh, STs. It does not happen with SCs. And I know it is not going to happen with OBCs, which is why I applaud this OBC decision. It is going to be politically devastating to the opposition of BJP. Bhejana, bhai, private chat. Oh, either. Achha, achha. One second. Tu tere laptop pe check karna, wo to tu khol sakta hai na laptop pe. 
so guys i did not speak out of my ass for the record and you can see uh, this for yourself it is very clear uh, <coughs> uh the petition that is there in the supreme court i repeat is highlighting how paragraph 3 of the constitution schedule caste order 1950 restricts christians of schedule caste origin from availing the schedule caste status this is a fact this is not a conspiracy theory i am stating something factual so in my opinion the claim made by abhijit that the obc amendment is going to be anti hindu is not on sound grounding this argument is not correct now you guys can disagree with me that is fine um, i can't do much about that but it is not on sound ground this argument is flawed this argument is not based on actual fact and i hope abhijit corrects himself because these are blatant facts now until uh, <laughs> abhijit comes back unfortunately his internet has given up again i'm very sorry about this and abhijit is back damn yaar mere please chat pe mat bhejo because i'm on my phone night causes a lot of trouble then i keep getting locked out and shit like okay chal main tere ko dm karunga main tere ko dm karunga anyway now the computer is working so that's uh, fine right okay. now where is the chal. validation mechanism how do you determine who's a christian and who's not okay but if there is no validation mechanism it's still why are people going in the court that means it is working that's why people are challenging it in the supreme court abhijit it's not it's because they want an affirmation of their open christianity they want to have instead of having sarath kumar who you don't know is a hindu which was the case 25 years back when i was in college uh they want to be uh, ambrosius kumar now an ambrosius kumar it will raise questions the issue is where does it specifically do you know uh you're never actually denied it if you produce your caste certificate because uh, i sat with guru Pra- uh, uh, guru prakash and uh, abhinav to discuss this the only thing they require from you is your father or your mother or both are scheduled caste there is no affidavit to that this thing there is no e- rejection also even if you have a christian name there is no question asked you don't even have to tick a column saying you're a hindu look again these are anecdotes like i have seen these are not anecdotes people have be- these are not yeah, anecdotes guru seen- prakash guru prakash and abhinav have both been through the process now getting their certificates Yeah, but even I have been through the process. I have worked in SCST areas, Abhijit, extensively in the entire belt of Palgar, which is dominated by SCSTs. And I have sure. seen people not given these uh, these things, not given these benefits because they converted, and they were like, "Give me," and the government refused to them. So, what am I supposed to believe then? When I see something else happening on the then they, then it's a regional variation again that goes against giving the power to the state because some states will then ignore. it clearly then after tamil nadu knows it uh bihar up i don't know what happens going by what abhinav and guru prakash say clearly they ignore it too maybe maharashtra enforces it so what do you end up doing so uh, this is something i actually uh, i actually agree with you 
So what is happening here is that the moment there is a very hyperactive Hindu social uh, social uh, machinery that is very hyperactive mm-hmm. about these things around the so I I can't take names for their own safety and I refuse to take names because I know so many people who are fighting about this very thing they are very particular the moment somebody you know claims see you know these our societies are ghettoized so even when it is like a SCST village they are all ghettoized unfortunately that's all and the mass mm-hmm. number of these conversions now out of Hinduism. are happening in rural india not in urban india urban india mein gaadi yeah. ulti ho rahi hai urban india mein they are coming back into hinduism because hindus are asserting themselves in big way in urban india so in mm. rural india what has happened is a lot of these groups again i am not taking the names of these groups of maharashtra for sh- their safety nothing else and i saw you know they are very vigilant koi jaake reservation mangega na wo jaake bolenge iski family ka record nikalo fir jaake usko wo log लिटरली वो लू स्पाई करते थे और कोई आंसर नहीं है मेरे पास कि ये चर्च जा रहा है कि मंदिर जा रहा है सो दैट इज अ कम्युनिटी रिस्पांस अंडरस्टैंड दिस इज लाइक यू नो हाउ दे वर कम्युनिटी रिस्पांसेस टू तुर्किक अट्रोसिटीज देयर वाज अ राणा प्रताप देयर वाज चित्तौड़गढ़ हाउ मेनी टाइम्स डिड चित्तौड़गढ़ वुमेन कमिट जौहर टू प्रोटेक्ट देयर रिलीजन बट दैट वाजंट अ यूनिफॉर्म सिस्टेमिक रिस्पांस right you have to systematically institutionalize the response okay that okay i'm willing to concede that point to you but my point was not that my point was the law is very clear constitution is very clear the execution is the problem now where these problems are existing the 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 society is trying to fill that gap by doing on ground activism i take your point that we should fill that gap by uh, now i don't know what that answer like you have suggested there has to be the temple pujari certificate uh, or some sort of a thing that the pujari really have a temple bureaucracy that gives you the certificate yeah matlab you know, temple you... trust ho gaya ya kuch ho gaya kuch ha something like that yeah so i am willing to take that point abhijit but that was not the crux of my argument the crux of my argument was something else the crux of my argument was that your assumption that this is going to happen in obc was uh, in a legal sense was not something that i agree with that's all i was saying it will happen because as long as you don't have an institutional validation mechanism it will happen this is what happened with old st- schools of thought in hinduism the w- when the brits come they have a formal education system india did not have a formal education system before that so you had to get a degree certificate mm-hmm. today why do 90% of all court judgments go against oral traditions as opposed to written traditions because you have a formal canon of writing which says this so when the supreme court and all things today the modern state is based on writing not on oral tradition mm-hmm. any time any time an oral uh, uh, an oral tradition goes up against a written tradition the written tradition will win this that can't be on basis of community responses we can't just give it away and say oh well we hope the community copes with it i'm not saying that, that's that's like rajendra chora that's like rajendra chora saying oh i wish the solanki king could cope with you know uh, ghazni no, again you you're misquoting me i'm not I'm quoting not you I'm not quoting you. I'm drawing an uh, analogy. I'm not quoting you. Okay, then it's fair because my point is very simple. My point is the law is law is maybe inadequate, but the law exists. Uh, we we need to make the law. 
the law exists in writing like most laws in india it exists in writing it is almost worthless in practice again abhijit if if what happens on the ground see अभी मुझे समझ नहीं देती आर्ग्यूमेंट तू ये कह रहा है लॉ जो भी होने दो ग्राउंड पे ये होता है और ग्राउंड अगर लॉ जो भी होने दो ग्राउंड पे ये होता है तो ग्राउंड पे फिर उसके उसको अपोज करने वाली भी चीजें होती रहती हैं देन द लॉ डजेंट मैटर एट ऑल ना तो दोनों फोर्सेस सोशल अंडरस्टैंड द चर्च इज नॉट एन एनफोर्समेंट डेफिसिट ऑर्गेनाइजेशन अ लॉ विथ एन एनफोर्समेंट डेफिसिट is no match for a calibrated organization which is very fine tuned which is both decentralized uh, uh, in practice and centralized in theology at the same time you are no match for something like that and that is exactly what i was trying to tell you that is why i brought in the roman empire you're repeating every single thing i said in the roman empire part of this thing community responses is like the mithraites or the worshippers of venus or the worshippers of jupiter coming up with their own individual community responses and not coordinating their actions together again you're assuming that the state is not going to do anything it don't tell me i'm assuming i am seeing the state not doing anything No, it is a pattern it. of the state not doing anything. Uh, define, uh, define. Okay, define. Tell me tangibly what would be an accurate uh, standard uh, response of an active state doing something correct. A demand proof of being a Hindu. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> if you have, if it is found at any point of time that you misrepresented. uh all uh, uh benefits given to you will be withdrawn and there will be uh, a uh a monetary uh, uh uh penalization of you uh mm-hmm. because an affidavit is ultimately a legal document you're swearing to it and uh, uh and it is punishable by so you don't even have to enact that but a validation of you being hindu number 1 mm-hmm. and uh uh number 2 would be uh the standardization of that to all the states mm-hmm. so by all means give it to the states but the states have to then there has to be one more paragraph added in there saying what is your validation mechanism you will get the par unless only till you have a validation mechanism and what happens because what there are certain things that that i have seen personally in tamil nadu i don't know about andhra wherein you know there will be enough people in a government department who will actually collude to go along with a lie mm-hmm. so what is so this is why i brought in honorius you remember what honorius did he mm-hmm. penalized non compliance with the persecution mm-hmm. edicts you mm-hmm. have to penalize non compliance the states have to provide an audit of what was rejected what was given on what basis what follow up was done what investigation was done all right okay on this i am actually completely in agreement with you 
on this i actually 100% agree with you there the state has to actively disincentivize somebody cheating to be a hindu and actively incentivize somebody coming back into the hindu fold that i'm willing to accept no they see they they, they you don't have to incentivize people coming back into the hindu fold that violates secularism you can't no, no, do that i know but yaar agar reservation hoega to automatically incentivize hota aadmi matlab no not for christian not for christians because there there are enough christian institutions usme <laughs> again this is a social conclusion i know many christians who do come back to hinduism and uh, i know many muslims I, in who fact, are no uh, i don't know muslims who are leaving islam but i know uh, well i know one i can't name her because that will be uh, well you know the consequences of it um uh, yeah and uh, i do know about uh, a, a few more uh, christians uh, who have kind of uh, uh, almost left uh, the issue always is that when you, those four five friends that i have do not compensate for the large mass that slum of say 15000 behind me which is now entirely christian fair enough i i i actually do understand this point and this is my last point and abhiji then we'll completely go to the questions because i i think it's only fair we do it for the live viewers also so my last question is and this is look we've debated the state bit now we're just not going to agree because uh, i agree with you on certain points i just don't agree about that what is the condition of the state leading to the end of hinduism is somewhere where we disagree on we don't uh, disagree on whether the state is ideal or not we both hate this do you agree that it is a pre industrial state absolutely my brother <laughs> you and i are the only ones who keep okay. calling it that do you agree that all pre industrial states their enforcement capacity isn't a patch on a fully industrial state 100% then there you have your answer No see this is where we don't have our answer because India for all the time if you're claiming the end of hinduism hypothesis on the basis of uh, a non non compliant state that means a state that is dysfunctional then that kind of a state has been dysfunctional for in, in India for a long long time I'm not time. talking about dysfunctional I'm talking about non an enforcement deficit state all states are dysfunctional because that's based the, the functionality is based on an ideal society which doesn't exist there's not a single functional country on earth every country no, is no. dysfunctional to some extent or the other but the the enforcement of a state or the functionality of a state at least in my opinion as far as the indian state is concerned like even if we look at the indian state under the marathas uh, i mean even what were the marathas doing they were taxing the shit out of their own people like they were going after the bhadoria rajputs and they were taxing uh, the bhadoria rajputs unjustly which led the bhadoria rajputs to go with the moguls and later on to go with the british so the functionality uh, of the indian state has been what it is forever but if that is the point then the battle is at the social realm and this is where my biggest disagreement with you is that at the social realm i think you are too negative about the strength of the hindu society i am not negative i am actually very positive about the strength of i am not negative about the strength of hindu society i am negative about its ability to form a coherent social response Okay see this is where I don't get it 
once again, my monologue and, and to translate that into political action. Look, how has it not resulted in political action? How has it? You have a, a, a Hindu, an allegedly Hindu government uh, that is being anything but. This is the first one in the experiment. This it will very one. soon be the last one. No, it will not. It will. Herein but, lies but the problem. Based on what? It's, it is based it's on based, what? It's based on history. What history? Hindus are actually in a very weird way. No. I'm sorry. That, 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 then that's not a right answer. Because, okay, I'll give you an example. You said Hindus are not changing. But Hindus are changing. They're actually Abrahamizing in a very Hindu way. So I'll give you an example. Again, hmm. there are so many big social organizations like Baba Ramdev's or Shri Shri's or Jaggi Vasudev or many. I'm just using these three names as because people or our audiences are more urban centric. So they are, you know, they're going to relate to this. But the point is now let's say Baba Ramdev. He's opening 2000 schools in India. What are those hmm. 2000 schools going to teach? Are they going to teach secular education? They're going to do uh, make their kids do bhajans and havans. Similarly, uh, Shri Shri does activities in different areas. And these people are actively working with the state. Now, someone like Jaggi Vasudev is running such a nice campaign about freeing temples. And what happens to Baba Ramdev when the BJP goes? It's, it's a very understand. And this is where the function of being a third world country, where laws can be interpreted completely in their opposite means. And that is why institutional re response is required. Okay. And the lack of a state monopoly on violence. Okay. Your Hindus aren't getting protection, number one, because the law will always gravitate towards protecting the more. It's a colonial law. Okay. That law has nothing to do with the modern Indian state. That's a colonial law, which is about the state is not going to provide you with services, security services. So you protect yourself. It is your responsibility to not make too much of a hangama. If somebody makes too much of a hangama, then the law automatically protects the people making the hangama and accepts that their sentiments have been outraged and comes and gets you. So the law is not protecting you. Number one. Number two, the law can be turned around on you very, very quickly, which is which the Congress and people are very good at doing. The BJP hasn't done that. But the, are you really claiming the Congress won't do that? I'm honestly, I don't see the Congress coming back for at least two decades. That's Next. my political understanding. Tell me what is the value? Tell me which. Uh, 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 where are people graduating from Baba Ramdev Ashram's? Uh, is he starting 2000 schools? He's already working on so many schools in rural India. Okay, good for him. Yeah. I know several other schools also that are coming up. Uh, I don't know if Shishi Ravi Shankar is doing it. But anyway, I know lots of individuals doing that individually and things like that. What is the protection they get? Zilch. What is the harassment they get? A heck of a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. A Christian institution will not be harassed or bribed because it is automatic. If a minority submits a thing for... Okay. Hindus have to go through many more loops to do it. Agreed. Plus, there's further harassment because you can get away with harassing a Hindu school. Agree. Essentially. Agree. Right. 
agree which so is why again. i i found today's recommendation i don't know if you're aware of this I, i'm not saying it's a law again i i before somebody says uh, you're kushal you're misquoting i'm not misquoting i'm literally saying this was a recommendation today which was uh, made by let me let me be e very the ncpcr survey said it wants all minority schools under rte nahi hoga yaar ek minute magar hamare desh ke bureaucrat ka mindset dekho wo kya bolte hai malum hai ki humne panch logon ko destroy kiya humko bilkul acha nahi lag raha udhar kone mein ye jo do baithe hain khushi se unko bhi destroy kar do wo panch ke jaisa bana do so therein is the second point your rte has destroyed any kind of financial viability for schools एक मिनट जो आर टी हैज डिस्ट्रॉयड मैं तेरे को खुले शब्दों में बोल रहा हूँ आर टी हैज डिस्ट्रॉयड हिंदू स्कूल इन तमिलनाडु बिकॉज सी दिस इज नॉट जस्ट इन तमिलनाडु नो सी द पॉइंट इज आर टी का गेट आउट ऑफ जेल फ्री कार्ड है लिंग्विस्टिक माइनॉरिटी it destroys societies that are linguistically homogenous states like maharashtra states like gujarat states like rajasthan they are not linguistically homogenous linguistically homogenous homogenous states are suffering more because they don't have jaise abhi bombay hai bombay mein sindhi sindhi trusts hain marwadi trusts hain they are completely out of rte yaar there are ways out of this problem ye hai ki tamil nadu mein nahi hai wo iske liye tamil nadu ke school suffer kar rahe hain so you don't have a chettiar association a tevar association and things like that but those are caste associations they're not linguistic associations so in karnataka what would a, a tulu uh, school get that thing in which case yes. it would be interesting to see but see here's yes. the issue how many of your current institutions are going to shut and start up new ones again all i'm saying abhijit is i am not defending rte All I'm saying is I'm laying the facts on the ground that what is the actual reality. Everybody thinks because it is happening in Tamil Nadu, all of India is suffering. All of India is not. Tamil Nadu is suffering in a very major way. I'm not a defender of the all. All of India is suffering. It's that some people manage to avoid it. Yeah. Okay, that I think that you have worded it better. I I will concede that. I will concede that you have worded it better. But my point is that again, I am not going to deny that the Indian Hindu state actively, you know, does anal things to the Hindu samaj. My point is that. the state as it is in india we are a governance deficit state we we make laws to hide our governance deficit and what happens is even in the laws look yaar abhi look we are friends. we don't make laws to hide our governance deficit we make laws to extend the powers of the state in spite of the governance deficit yes that's the problem which is the case what happened with you what happened is uh, if a politician in that state would not have taken offense to what you said you would have been free but the point is no, because see that's a rule of law issue that's mm-hmm. separate let's not conflate the two here the issue is the hindu disproportionately bears the burden of bureaucratic incompetence mhm the minority disproportionately benefits from the ability of that community either to fail or succeed 
So, for example, if you look at a lot of Sunni Muslim communities, they will fail because they've got dumb fucks as leaders. On the other hand, certain communities will succeed spectacularly because they've got extremely uh, 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 dynamic uh, leaders. I mean, uh, I'm using the word dynamic. I'm not saying progressive, regressive. Most of them are, in my opinion, extremely regressive. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then you have something like the church, which is extremely well organized. It learns its lessons very, very quickly because, you know, the archdiocese powers and the episcopal powers given to the archdiocese are enormous. Within a set of first principles, they're able to modify and uh, this thing. And it all goes into a centralized bank of knowledge where the storing and retrieval of knowledge is enormous. As opposed to a Babu who's posted to education for three years, who would have been posted in fodder management uh, uh, three years back. And so his educational policies will be the same as India's uh, 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 human feces policies. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... It is an institutional imbalance. And it is an institutional, on one hand, you have a dynamic institution. On the other, you have an extremely incompetent, non-dynamic institution that is shoving its non its incompetence down your throats. Mm -hmm. Right. So again, this is where we keep going back to the Christianization of the Roman Empire. And mind you, the Romans were far more organized in a philosophical sense than we are today. Well, look, my point is very simple. Uh, do I agree with uh, the problems that you have identified? Yeah. Um, uh, but here's the thing. It is, uh, is it an, it might be a necessary condition for the demise of Hinduism. I don't think so. It is a sufficient condition because I think there are far more factors that are going to come and uh, play a role of a pushback. What you're doing is a pushback. The problem is you're assuming your pushback does not matter. My point is that these pushbacks matter and the state will change. My point is not that whether it matters or not. My point is it has to be a coordinated and synchronized pushback. Okay, why do you think people, do you think that free temple movement is now a coordinated and a synchronized pushback or not? Yeah. Um, yes and no. Yes. Come on. Uh, yes you and no. Have a... no, no, I'll tell you why. Okay. Yes, because there is traction towards it no because it has no public resonance you see public resonance on twitter you don't see it on the ground as opposed to say something like shabarimala which on twitter was like i mean based on twitter nobody could have expected how it was going to explode on the ground But remember, whatever happened with Shabarimala just happened there. In the context of Shabarimala. Where was the pushback on the uh, 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 taking uh, away of the wealth of the Padmanabhasami temple? Uh, from what I remember, there was a pushback within the Hindu Samaj in Kerala, right? 
I I clearly remember this was a huge issue that time. Abhijit, can you hear me? I can't. Again, what happened to your internet again? Let me jump. Okay, in again. All right, guys. So I'm so sorry. Believe me, it is Abhijit's internet. It is not me. uh i don't know what happens to his internet every once in a while it it goes crazy and then he blames me but it is really not me and now i'm going to start taking all your questions i'll try to take as many as possible i have opened up many because there are too many questions and i'm going to try and cover all of them as many as possible i'm only going to take questions which are relevant to this discussion you have some question about uh uh other things that happen on twitter i am least bothered about them i could care less about it the focus will be only on questions related to this issue and that to questions i can not use comments so i'm only going to look at questions not the comments once again i want to be very clear about that and also by the way a lot of you had emailed me things after listening or watching the first podcast so what i did was i forwarded all those emails to abhijit so those will be read by abhijit on his own spare time i can't take each and every email and deal with emails you had written like 3 3 page long emails and i you can't be expecting me to you know take each and every point that has written been written in a email and answer each and every one of them but uh, as far as i'm i'm concerned i forwarded it it all to abhijit all right mm, okay let me start taking your questions now because i i don't know when abhijit is coming back so it's only fair that okay sandeep isn't it the responsibility and opportunity for the indic and right wing to pressurize the government against pakistan blasphemy case of a 8 year old hindu boy what has that got to do with today's discussion so i don't care mm again the next one is a comment i'll only take questions okay abhijit is back he's back he's back okay abhijit now we're just going to take questions from the audience okay okay uh so hey, abhijit this is a very interesting question because you you were asking about the 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 lackadaisical state so somebody has mentioned should we become a vigilant state like the chinese state like in a way go to straight controlled capitalism where no. everybody no can you imagine what happens with a vigilant state if somebody like sonia gandhi comes to par yes <laughs> are you mad abhi tak bache hue hai kyunki dysfunctional hai wo bhi khatam ho jayega agar state ko power de di aake ghusad dega see okay just let me put this on record do you guys realize that the reason mavericks and i use this word with full responsibility mavericks like myself and abhijit ayer get away with what we do is as of now the indian state is pretty docile and dysfunctional you want us to stay alive or not i mean socho dono mar jayenge hum dono the indian state has never been able to macro um i don't know why it lost that ability at some point i don't know when it lost that ability but it's not been able to macro for a very very long time and uh, i think you know given the sort of socially upwardly mobile nature of the bjp there's a lot of aspiration 
But there's also a huge talent deficit out there. And there's a huge deficit of being able to understand sociological issues because you see sociology and anthropology from a very dirty lens that it's leftist. Therefore, it is humbuggery. How dare you? Yeah, it's a Western construct. Okay, chalo. let's take more questions now. This is a very good point and a question, Abhijit. Somebody has given you a rebuttal saying, Abhijit, you underestimate the force that atheism is and the amount of pressure atheism tends to have on Abrahamic faiths. Why don't you put the thing up, Baba, because you're breaking up. So why don't you put it up on the chat? I can't put it up, Mere Bhai. I can't put it up because the chat moves so fast, I can't read. So I will tell you, okay. Uh, I will type just cut and chat. paste it into the private chat. Na? Aray, I can't. There is a problem. Achha. I can't. So the question is, what about the effect of atheism on Abrahamic religions in India too? Atheism is spreading like wildfire and it does matter. Where is atheism spreading like wildfire? It is. Where? It is. In India, inside the Muslim community. I'm not seeing it, boss. Just like uh, you have crypto Christians and crypto Muslims, you have crypto atheists all over the place. All over. One the second. Place. I'm, getting, I'm getting an emergency call. Just one second. Okay, guys, I'm going to start talking to all of you in the meantime. So let me see. Mm, okay, now the next question is, what are the possible scenarios that might happen if we get rid of secularism and make India a Hindu state? Well, if we make India a Hindu state, we will see. Okay, Shabash, Agya. So what what if we make India a Hindu state and get rid of secularism? Somebody has asked. We are technically a secular state. No, 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 the no. Problem what if we is, become a Hindu state? See, becoming a Hindu state is fine. But what are you going to do as a Hindu state? Tell me what specific problems do you think a Hindu state is going to solve? What problems did, uh, you know, being an Islamic Republic solve for Pakistan? Okay. So, or tell me in what way has the French secular Republic failed to protect Christianity? Okay. So you tell so, me, see, I hear people say Hindu state, but what, tell me, what is the constituent elements of becoming a Hindu state? Mm-hmm. How are you going to define Hindu? How are you okay. going to adjudicate uh, thought? I was born a Hindu. I'm an atheist, but I still identify as a Hindu. You may not. According to Twitter, because I eat beef, therefore I cannot self-identify as a Hindu. Uh, what are the basic minimum of being a Hindu going to be? And then are you, uh, for example, what is the consequences then of becoming an atheist? What is the consequences then of eating beef other than, say, having a beef ban? So, for example, I support free speech, but 
there is a legal restriction on calling for violence. Similarly, there is a legal restriction on using certain caste slurs. So free speech or not, when you break the law, if you call a Dalit person something, you deserve to go to jail the same way you deserve to go to jail for shouting Bharat Tere Tukde Honge, Inshallah, Inshallah, in JNU. Well, you don't deserve to go to jail for that because I think it uh, does not violate uh, 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 an extended Brandenburg principle. But Bharat ki barbadi tak jang rahegi, jang rahegi, because it is a specific threat against a specific target and it actually uses violence. Tukde Tukde can mean anything. Jang is not a uh, esoteric principle. It's a very specific principle. Okay, so again, Tell me what the, I hear, you know, becoming a Hindu Rashtra will solve all our problems. Except when you turn around and tell them, tell me what is the definition of Hinduism? Do you really want to become a mirror image of Pakistan? Not well, that Hinduism will think. become a mirror image of Pakistan. The issue always is that when you weaponize religion in a third world country, there will be people who will use it for their own ends. There will be. Always. I agree with you. All right. So somebody <coughs> has asked, uh, what if India starts growing economically at, say, 10% by, 2004, uh, by 2040s uh, and that, that economic growth? So so I, I guess the claim is with economic growth comes a typical trend, which is across the history of the world, where uh, growth leads to more modernity. More modernity leads to dilution of religion. When dilution of religion happens, I guess all religions in society get diluted. And in that kind of a diluted society, I feel what they are trying to say is Hinduism tends to trump over other religions is because it is not necessarily in con conflict with an ultra-modern society, Hinduism at a base level or, or decentralized faiths. So what would happen in that scenario if India becomes economically progressive? Somebody has asked that question. So, so economic progress, that's a really good question, right? Because I've been thinking about it a lot and, um, you know, I don't really know uh, the answer because I'm still in the exploration phase. I haven't come across historical i mean as in i i haven't gone into it i it's not that i have come across it's not that i've looked i'm still formulating my thoughts on it so let me share my thoughts with you on how it affects now one of the things we see is that when a hindu initially urbanizes the old great attachment to the religion that comes with being rural stays in the first generation maybe even the second generation, it starts dissipating at that point owing to urbanization and heterogeneity. Okay, it stops somehow becoming uh, that important in certain cases. On the other hand, in certain cases, it actually becomes much more pronounced. And this is what Huntington refers to in his um, you know, Clash of Civilizations thesis, which is when a country is growing, it all automatically links it to the past. Now, the problem here is that uh, technically speaking, you will find that conversion will tend to grow. So Huntingdon probably wasn't statistically accurate in it, in that when he says it, you draw from your past and create continuity with your past, religion isn't necessarily part of that past. Because Christianity was the biggest growing religion in China till the government stamped it out very forcefully. Uh, it is still the biggest growing religion in Japan. 
uh, it uh, uh, is uh, the fastest growing religion in Taiwan. I think uh, it, it, it's now very significant. South Korea has become a Christian majority in our lifetimes. Okay, so if you look at the generic Asian experience, this is it. On the other hand, look at the European experience, where they're becoming irreligious to the point they're actually turning against religion to a point. Okay, in Germany, it's kind of checked because of the tight system that there are certain benefits of being belonging to a church that you get automatic entry into their schools and things like that of your particular sect and things in your parish and things like that. And a percentage of your income automatically goes to your church. If you do not belong to that church, you have to look for a government school outside the system, which is much more problematic and things like that. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, Germany has kind of retained the balance. But in Italy, you see an increasing, uh, you know, uh, uh, they're still very traditional, but they don't, uh, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are shifting out of it. In Spain, they've become completely irreligious because of its uh, the church's association with the Franco dictatorship. On the other hand, Mussolini's fight with uh, uh, the church, uh, well, he, the church never entirely got along with him, uh, you know, kind of meant that people didn't go against the church for the sake of anger or things like that. So it's it's a very, very mixed bag. I don't know where this will go in India because I'm still searching for why has South Korea not yet turned uh, irreligious? In fact, they're becoming more religious. Uh, in Japan, why are Christians becoming more religious, but the Buddhists and Shintos less religious? Uh, and why was Japan such fertile grounds? Because remember the uh, revolts in the uh, 1600s or 1700s, I think, uh, the, uh, the Christian uprisings, uh, they were very, very brutally put down. So what made Christianity such a potent force there? Uh, is this is the modern rise of Christianity in Japan in spite of a falling population related to that somehow? Is it similar social conditions? I haven't gotten into all of that. But based on Europe and based on, uh, well, modern industrial Europe and the industrialization of these late tiger economies that you see in East Asia, uh, I'm not in a position to draw conclusions right now. I'm just presenting to you what I see right now. It's going to take me about depending on how motivated I am, something to come to the root causes of that. A few months to maybe even a year or more. We'll okay. do a podcast on it when I have an answer. Could you put this, put this down in the list of podcasts we have to do? Because <laughs> once I see it in a list, in... once I see it in a list, I'm motivated to start doing research. See, it's only when I'm meant to talk that that Athena JSTOR, uh, uh, Athena Blackwell JSTOR membership that my organization pays through that knows for every year uh, for uh, research referenced articles comes into play. All right. <laughs> As if uh, scaring Hindus was not enough, somebody has asked, does the end of Hinduism also mean the end of Buddhism, Sikhism and Jainism? <laughs> Good question. I think uh, not so much with Jainism. Uh, if you notice with Jainism, they get the benefits of being a minority. Uh, they're very staunch. And in fact, you look at a lot of the Katarpanti Hindus are Jains. 
right uh, who was the person who uh, uh, gave the clinching historical evidence in the ram mandir case meenakshi jain okay uh, a lot of the vhp people that i know in fact all the vhp people i know are jains or knew were jains uh they have a certain community identity but remember at one point of time jainism used to be the majority religion in large parts of india tamil nadu i was point... going to say that yeah. historically you can't make that case jainism and buddhism got wiped out and the only thing was left is hinduism exactly. because it fought yeah. because it well it it was see therein lies the thing buddhism and jainism in india it, it was a theological layer built on top of a hindu base Mm-hmm. uh the theological layers were wiped out the hindu base always remained and they came back to hinduism uh the problem is we don't have documentation of why this happened because like i said indians are very bad at archiving and then retrieval we're very bad at maintaining records and then even if we maintain records we don't know how to retrieve them so uh i when i look at buddhism again uh in thailand has it affected anything no in cambodia no in laos no in uh, vietnam in spite of communists no uh in china uh it's become very small because it's seen as a foreign religion again uh but uh not particularly more than it was before right uh <clears throat> japan uh not really uh the thing is remember with buddhism they have many countries with india with hinduism you've only got india we don't have another place to go to this is our last stand okay with sikhism again they have only one country except they also got canada and britain now canada okay what is the percentage uh, real percentage of hindus uh or or sorry muslims and christians uh, uh, in india according to you not the census data what is your hunch somebody has asked i suspect christians are about uh, okay and i have to be very clear this is a statistical sampling error that i'm going on because i'm talking exclusively about what i have seen in tamil nadu and southern andhra well okay i see southern andhra i should remember it is now uh, uh, andhra state i'm not talking about telangana state i'm talking about andhra state sometimes i keep confusing the whole of andhra with what is modern andhra so coastal andhra uh, and uh, uh, coastal but also interior tamil nadu i would say uh, at least about uh, in tamil nadu alone it it would be 10 to 15% minimum of christians in some uh, unlike the cr- increased christian presence which is very very visible the muslim presence has increased in certain segments so you for example about 15 20 years back we had a new uh, 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 district created um, milad something it was like uh, you know uh, amrinder singh wants to create a muslim district there it was kind of like that where uh, that had increased uh, in my uh, uh, ancestral village in uh, district uh, in palakkad i've seen the muslim population increase uh, to the point where there there'll be about 23 25 maybe even 30% now uh, and in bengal 
I've I've literally seen it <coughs> uh, when I was a kid. When we used to go, go to uh, around in the villages and things, I would see the population there in Bengal is around thirty five uh, percent or forty percent even maybe. Uh, so you know it's uh, I, and you have to remember I am only talking about these states, and I extrapolate this onto others, knowing fully well that it's going to be different in different parts, right? In UP, I haven't seen much proof of any Christianity, but then you know I'm in UP and Bihar. I'm usually too scared to go into the interior because they're such rough and tumble people. You know, I don't like going into the interiors in those places. I go into uh, certain areas and. Uh, that's it. It's it's more random sampling in those places that I've done rather than going deep in like I do in say Bengal or uh, <clears throat> Andhra. Once upon a time in Telangana and Jharkhand as well, when I was uh, doing research for my master's thesis on Naxals. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah. Okay. So. So. <laughs> This is an interesting question. What if the scheduled castes <coughs> and scheduled tribes convert for the money and mentally remain Hindu? Has Hinduism really died? Yar, ye bhi koi cheez hoti hai. Ye bhi koi cheez hoti hai. Valid. Yar, there is no such thing as mentally Hindu because all the crypto converts who converted to Judaism during the Reconquista when Isabel and Ferdinand completed the Reconquista within one or two generations uh, they were uh, uh, genuinely converted you know there's in the uh, list of uh, the grandees of Spain which is to say the nobility of Spain it's officially called the grandees of Spain you have the Duke of Medina Sidonia the Duke of Medina Sidonia was a Muslim noble. Initially, the conversion was apparently a crypto conversion. Uh, sorry, a official conversion, but they remained crypto Muslims. And ultimately, they internalized uh, Islam completely. Imagine bringing up a child in a crypto society. The kid won't know what they're talking about. You get caught. Which happened to a lot of Jews and uh, Muslims uh, when the Christian uh, 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 Reconquista was completed in Spain, right? So it uh, it doesn't really work. I mean, uh, you know, ye uh, mental Hindu, I will never accept that, because a lot of people, you know, used to keep saying, you know, why did we convert just to get into Christian colleges and things like that? I am never going to convert. I'm very clear about this, one hundred percent. So Even if I'm an atheist, I, I will always remain a Hindu. I am not converting, boss. Tumko karna hai, karo, but then convert back. Don't remain mentally Hindu. Yeah. Get into St. Stephen's College, get your three, four years worth of education, and then uh, bachelor's degree. Aaj kal national education policy. I'm not sure. Now, the issue here is, unlike our idiot government, the church actually has very strict controls on how you get it. doesn't matter Protestant or Catholic. They have very strict criteria for giving you admission, boss. The church has to give you a certificate saying that you are a Christian. In the Catholic church, you have to go through your confirmation, your baptism, all of these certificates you have to know. They've got a very centralized system where they can drag up your name like that. They can tell right there, 
your diocese priest will be putting notes. Does he attend Sunday mass? Does he not attend Sunday mass? Okay. For example, there is, uh, I have a, a, a friend who, you know, married, uh, well, I mean, uh, I have a Hindu friend who married this Christian guy. And her kids uh, had to be brought up. As per the Catholic Church, you have to be, the, the wife does not have to convert, but the children have to be brought up Christian. Okay. Uh, they hadn't come to church for about four or five Sundays running because they were out on holidays abroad. They, they were actually going to church uh, in, uh, in, uh, because the father is very observant and he takes the kids to church uh, every weekend. The kids were actually going to church every weekend. But because it wasn't done in India, the uh, pastor called up and he, uh, not the parish priest, I don't know who it was anyway, called up and said, where the hell are you? You haven't come for five weeks. They mark. Uh, uh, when I went to one or two masses as a kid because I was curious in the Christian rite to Santom Cathedral, uh, there was no register or anything like that. But it's based on your parish priest knowing who you are. It is both formal and it is informal. You can never be accused of formality in that you have to sign a register saying that you have come or whatever. Attendance mark school ki at the same time, if you are there's a prolonged absence, they will notice. And I asked her, did I mean, do you have a register now? Because 25 years back, there was no register at Santom Cathedral. Do you, well, it was more, it was 30 years back. You didn't have a register at Santom Cathedral. Do you have one now? No, you don't. The priest knows us because you go to him for everything. If you want your kid's admission into a school, you go to your priest. He gets to know you and then he keeps tabs on you. If you want uh, to get admission into a Christian hospital, uh, St. Mary's Hospital or something like that, you call the priest. They are the, they are the bureaucrats of the church. So it's, they keep tabs on these things. You will not mentally, how do you, are you going to train your child to live the, to live a lie? Or when you're 16, 17, you convert to Christianity, you think you're going to immediately get into St. Stephen's College. Abhijit, I am not denying the social stigma that exists in uh, these communities, but you're grossly underestimating the social stigma of converting out of Hinduism also and that working as a, 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 a block, uh, you know, a roadblock in converting out of Hinduism too. This is a societal stigma. I have not seen it. What are you talking I have seen I have not families seen boycotting their children. I have never seen it, uh, Kushal. I have never seen I have, it. Yaar, matlab, to pata nahi, mere circle mein sare aise Hindu <laughs> I have never seen it. I have seen a lot of my friends convert out uh, without any social... Uh, the clearest example is the Red Days in uh, Andhra. The, the 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 community bond is stronger uh the the religion becomes immaterial till you convert to the religion when the religious bond becomes much stronger they okay, will think of themselves as Redis first till they convert to christianity in which case they start thinking of thinking of themselves as christians first okay now now other questions so and i this think this is the salience thing we spoke about uh, in the yeah. last podcast yeah, so 
so obviously they say global trends show modernity is killing christianity islam has been resilient till now i don't know how they say it's been resilient because i think modernity has already started having its effect actually main ek point bhul gaya vijit so give me a couple of minutes i also wanted to make my point on a lot of times people assume islam is resilient they don't realize that modernity has already started having its effect on islam in uh, arab states with saudi arabia and dubai changing in a major way and people forget if the elite hypothesis matters the elites are usually the ones who are rich if either the people are assuming that you know pakistan is going to be the future elite of islamic world then i don't know what they are smoking because elitism stems from monetary heft and as of now the muslim world has monetary heft in terms of the arab world now if the arab world is slowly modernizing don't you think even the other islamic world will modernize in 50 years down the line and that way can can it not help hinduism in a big way sure so uh the thing is uh like i said uh you know you brought the point in about christianity um i showed you how modern countries in the west uh it is going away from christianity but in the east it is not south korea today is a developed country japan is a developed country taiwan is a developed country singapore is a developed country uh but you're actually seeing a strengthening of the church out there but it's not happening in australia for example australia the church is dying so there's something happening in the european and australia is i mean let's face it yes in europe uh, yeah uh, so uh, yeah uh, and something very different happening in asian nations right so we have to account for this statistical divergence number one islam very interesting we thought that turkey or iran would be the first to come out of this morass we were wrong turkey has regressed very significantly iran regressed in 79 there seems to be both with turkey and iran that when you reach a certain income threshold the pushback becomes too much on the other hand look how beautifully the uae has managed this but even in the uae look at the contradiction all of the uae benefited the crucial states which became the uae the seven uh, dubai sharjah uh, sorry dubai uh, abu dhabi is the biggest so abu dhabi dubai uh, sharjah ajman uh, uh, ras al khaima um al kain is that it did i miss out anything yeah uh, i don't know uh, out of these it, dubai and i think abu dhabi as well have legalized cohabitation can you imagine a muslim country an avowed muslim country legalizing cohabitation when that whole thing happened with the tablighi jamaat uh, when people were tweeting against it and uh, uh, the assholes uh, indian jihadis were going after them uh, doxing them saying you're in qatar you're in uae did the uae arrest even a single person a single hindu no for no. saying what they did and they were saying some genuinely outrageous things living in uh, uh, dubai and abu dhabi and things they didn't they've gotten over it they let you build your temples out there even though it's a muslim state you are not allowed to do it do they collect jizya from you they don't o- oman had that hindu temple long back and the hindus in oman they love their king hmm. they genuinely love him because he's never interfered in anything uh, and you know for a long time oman used to consider itself indian also now to theek hai badal gaya hai but 
in Oman and in UAE, in some parts of the UAE, you see this. On the other hand, look at what has happened in Sharjah, which is one of the important states within the UAE. Within the last 10 years, they imposed Sharia law. They've gone back in time. Mm. There is just too much statistical variance here. The only positive sign has been Dubai and Abu Dhabi. I am hoping Saudi Arabia will go that way. Fingers crossed. I'm really praying for it. I'm. You guys don't know. I. Uh, you know, every time, in spite of being an atheist, I have to show you something. Hang on. I'm sorry. Okay. In the meantime, guys. Uh, no, no, no. Wait. This is for my daily puja. Okay. 108 times a day, I will say Om Namah Shivai. Do you know who I say Om Namah Shivai for? Muhammad bin Salman. Wow. I don't think you people realize how much of the future course of Islam depends on that man. And if he actually manages to do what his mentor, the Amir of uh, Abu Dhabi managed to pull off. Nice. Okay. If that happens, yes. But everywhere else, uh, I think statistically, if in the case of Christianity, it's 50-50, 50% positive, 50% negative. Uh, in the case of Islam, it's almost, say, 95% negative and the only two shining examples are Abu Dhabi and Dubai. But uh, here's the thing, Abhiji. These are the people who have the money, right? So if the money ones start changing, then the downs, uh, the effects are always as on the basis of the elite hypothesis. Then again, that's good for Hinduism, right? Right. But remember, uh, the other big money player in this is uh, Qatar, which is, uh, if anything, it's doubling down. There isn't a single jihadi movement that isn't supported by Qatar. Uh, Iran is a huge superpower in the region, whether we like it or not, sanctions or no sanctions. Uh, Iran has a huge hand in everything out there. Turkey interferes in everything out there. Right. Mm -hmm. So that crossover, if and when it happens, if Saudi Arabia becomes... Let's see. All right. So, okay. Now I'm going to ask for four or five questions together because they are all interlinked and people keep repeating the same question. So, again, there, somebody was saying uh, they think you are underestimating the role of organizations, not just like RSS, Baba Ramdev, etc., etc. You know the organization. Even at local level, Haryana has Khap Panchayats, like example. Now, we are no fans of Khap Panchayats, but they also play a role. Like, I'll give you an example, Abhijit. Now, this is not an endorsement of Asaram Bapu or anything, but I'll tell you in Gujarat, Asaram Bapu and his entire organization only focuses in the tribal belt in Gujarat. That's all they do. They go to the Gujarat. So, so, so this is what happens in Gujarat. The church goes, converts a village. Asaram Bapu's organization goes, reconverts that village and converts the next village also. This is actually happening in Gujarat and it actively happens, which is one of the reasons, Abhijit, that that number on pew, right? That number that shows if people leave, equal number of people are coming back. This is actually, I see, again, I will not say beyond the point, you know it offline. I'm not going to say things online. I'm telling you this is happening. The Hindu Samaj has now become very active in this business of reconverting. 
uh, again, in my areas, I don't see it. Gujarat, I have no problems believing it because when I went to Gujarat, when Modi was chief minister, uh, I did in fact see that. Uh, I saw that there was a confidence amongst Hindus. Uh, there was a certain... Uh, the fear of the Congress had gone. Exactly. It, it happens because, because of the political power. Congress used to be, exactly. Because remember, Modi, I think, was the longest serving chief minister of Gujarat, if I'm not mistaken, right? And I don't think any chief minister of Gujarat had ever had that kind of consistent victory ratio that uh, 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 Narendra Modi did. And, and before Modi ji, you have to understand BJP has been in power in Gujarat for such a long time. See, this is where I always say, I know you hate BJP. Uh, even I am a critic of BJP. I don't but hate what... the BJP. Okay, you need to get this straight. I don't hate the BJP. <laughs> Just like I don't <laughs> hate the Congress. I hate Rahul Gandhi. I really <laughs> admired Chief Minister Narendra Modi, but Prime Minister Narendra Modi has been the biggest disappointment of my life. Okay, let me complete. Let me complete okay. my point. Now, right. in Gujarat, <clears throat> you had to have terms where the government, the government purely being neutral, because contrary to popular belief that he was an anti-Muslim, pro-Hindu chief minister, he was not. He was a strictly neutral chief minister, which alone gave that confidence to the Hindus to go do what they wanted to do in terms of conversion, reconversion, setting up colleges, setting up schools. There was that stability. Mera point. Ek point. Hence, institutions matter. <coughs> just, just let me. We, we'll go to the next question, but I have to make this point, which is why I keep harping to each and every person why political power matters. You may not get the ideal political power sitting, but this is why political power, not just at the center, at the state matters, even at the municipal level matters. See, there are so many times your bloody panchayat sarpanch or your Nagar Sevak can stop 10 conversions like this because that Nagar Sevak is available over there. If he is a pro your ideology guy, he will immediately intervene there. Tum kya kar rahe ho See, I have had cases where, uh, again, there is a bus which is blue colored that goes around in Mumbai. People know it's called the magic bus. It does the magic of conversion. And every time the magic bus is seen, in areas where there was a BJP or again, I'll say it openly, a Shiva Sena corporator, you know what that corporator did? So these things, this is just what I'm trying, which is why political power. So if you want to save Hinduism, you need political so, power. So, so here's the issue. You can't do it this way where the corporator goes out and says, Rook. Yes, because I this know. is a very personalized decision. It depends on the leadership and things like that. And I don't support this kind of hooliganry. Right. Uh, I, in fact, uh, I remember the Jehovah's Witnesses tried to convert me when I was doing my BCom in Madras. Um, and I played along with it for almost six months. I got a whole stash of very expensive printed books from them. I got almost 20, 30 books from them, which would have been worth thousands of rupees. Huh? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I want to convert. I see the light of Jehovah and all that nonsense. And these women, they were coming from autos all the way from uh, uh, Chrome Pit or something like that, which even in those days, in those days, you know, 20, 30 years back, uh, 12, 25 years back, 60 rupees was a lot of money for an auto. Huh? 60, 70 rupees was a lot of money for an auto in those days. 
उधर तो लॉन्ग डिस्टेंस में इट यूज टू बी थर्टी रुपीज यू नो लाइक सो सिक्सटी रुपीज वॉज लाइक मैसेव I made them come almost every week, uh, a, 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 once a week, almost for six, seven months, stringing them along. Only because I wanted the books, because those books were really great. I used to take them to school and circulate them and see look what kind of shit are they talking about and things like that. In those days, we didn't have Wikipedia for ready reference, but then you know there there was enough that you could go search and find out that these stories were all humbug and things like that. And we used to sit and giggle over it. So it was more of a you know let me waste. conversion resources allocated to me and they saw me you know rich boy uh, uh, a big house huge garden uh, foreign cars sitting uh, in the driveway uh, this is going to be a good catch he can you know uh, convert he can donate money towards converting more people <laughs> uh, so see i can do this not everybody can in fact you know the books were so sophisticated that some of my classmates because i was taking it to class to make fun of it some of them actually it sparked doubts in their mind and it's something i would consider crude like you know the story of daniel in the lion's den in the bible uh or uh, who was it in the whale jonah and the whale i think it is uh Uh, and you know the ten commandments and things but the way they connected it to the modern world and things like that two three people even in my class were like oh that makes sense so it was very sophisticated it hits you in places you don't understand so anyway right. i mean i was 20 and uh, yeah so yeah so uh, okay what role would the ucc so three things the bjp gets the uniform civil code and it becomes a reality uh, do you think that helps in saving hinduism or not two they come up with a unique law which is anti conversion which is pan india and it specifically says you can't convert out of hinduism no 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 you can't do that uh, i will oppose that tooth and nail uh, i mean you can do it i will oppose it uh, i will never accept it uh, because that will be always be abused that will always be okay. abused Uh, no, I'm with way, you, but I'm just asking a question that was asked. Yeah. Uh, uh, so no, there has to be freedom of thought. Uh, if you feel that uh, it is, however, what you say is that conversion happens in the mind, uh, and any conversion for benefits will not apply to this family, at least for this generation and the succeeding generation. Okay, so and what about uh, what, how much of a benefit uh, will the UCC do? One, one second, uh, let's. Ha, huh, sorry, UCC. So uh, UCC. So there is one point of view that the UCC is bad because it helps uh, balance out the population because the uh, high UP Hindu birth rate balances off the uh, Kerala Muslim birth rate. ucc will be a disaster and the benefits that accrue from a uh, ucc and things like that and population control ucc and all of this uh, uh it it will muslims and christians don't depend on the state and therefore incentivizing certain things as state measures will never work on them i accept that 
But I also see the other point of view, which is that if you have a uniform civil code, it works perfectly if it happens in conjunction with everything else, which is India starts industrializing. We're probably too late for that. But India starts industrializing, growth happens, people keep getting richer, etc., 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 and police and judicial reforms happen. Okay. Other than that, if if we continue to remain a pre-industrial state, then UCC might not be the best thing to do. Okay. And what about reservations? Do you think uh, one should eventually get rid of reservations to save Hinduism? Somebody's asked. I'm just asking a question. No. No. Okay. Uh, reservations okay. is what is keeping Hinduism alive at the moment. Because it is a very important counter where the most uh, disadvantaged Hindu feels that he can at least get an education and opportunities that were never available for him. Now, should reservation be phased out when we industrialize? Reservation is not linked to uh, 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 conversion. Uh, well, reservation is linked to how you progress industrially. Once you become an industrial country, you can get rid of reservation. Till then, you can't. The resource crunch is the problem. Then increase the number of schools. Increase the number of colleges. You don't want to do that. So all of this has to happen, boss. If, remember, there's never a one solution. I keep saying this. It's UCC will help if it is in conjunction with several solutions. Ending reservation happens right now. Reservation is protecting Hinduism. And all these idiots are going after the bloody RSS for protecting Hinduism through reservation. Hmm. I agree with you. I don't much. think so you realize how much reservation has protected the vast majority of people who are not Brahmins from turning. Okay. So just because you don't benefit from it and your life has been made miserable by it, that somebody less qualified than you got it. Doesn't mean it's bad for Hinduism. It's actually good for Hinduism. What's even right. better for so Hinduism is if you industrialize, if you get rid of socialism. Okay, this was a very specific question about a comment you made. So somebody said, I would love to know if Abhijit, uh, to know Abhijit, Hindus have a terrible track record of keeping what is uh, record keeping. So what is a modern solution? And is there any organization that you know that is working on it? This is a very specific question about a comment you made. Yeah, no, I don't know any organization that's working on it uh, because we don't have, uh, you know, the archives does not do a good job. They're not doing a good job of digitization. They're not doing a good job of uh, storage. In fact, even in, you know, government departments, uh, there is no digitization and things like that proceeding apace. And where the digitization happens, the retrieval is a nightmare. In the American system, the first thing they did was digitization the moment it became available. So all documents, any guy who has a certain, it's based on security clearance. Once you have security clearance in a certain bureau, you're allowed to access all historical documents. It's to get context of what is being spoken about. In India, we don't do that. Does there need to be a project for it? Maybe, yes, we can start one with 
corporate funding and government help, but ultimately because most of the archives are held with the government, uh, it has to be done by the government or with the cooperation of the government. All right, just two, three questions. Okay, this is for me. I'm just answering because somebody has asked me a question. It's only fair if I... So somebody has asked, Kushal, when you over-intellectualize things and forget your fighting instinct, do you you perish? Am I right? I don't think so. You perish because, look, where you have to... To fight for something, you have to intellectualize and be precise in your attack. So what, what you need to understand is... Uh, see, I always agree with you in that sense that... Um, so you can't be just an intellectual or just pure just go bolte na, brawling kind of a guy so i always use the analogy of jagira from china gate Wo jagira once used the line bahaduri to le aaye kamina pan kahan se laoge to kamine pan ke liye you have to be an intellectual and for bahaduri you need you know your uh, whatever you need uh, brain and brawn as they say or whatever that word is in english so that was uh, for me and now a couple of questions uh, are there uh, i actually don't see any other question we've covered pretty much everything and Abhijit has suddenly disappeared again. So I don't know. Uh, okay, let me see. Let me see. Okay, there's just one. Because there are, see, I tried to go through all your super chats and I'm only taking the questions. There were just comments after comments after comments. And, and I was like, my comments ka kya karu? So I don't know what to do about comments. Like, I'm here for the questions. This was supposed to be a QA. Again, I see a comment again. I don't see a question. Okay, there is one question. Dharampal mentions in 1800s that all castes used to study in Gurukuls and more damage uh, to Hindu culture was done in the 70s when Mrs. Gandhi transferred educational control to... Uh, okay, Abhijit is back. As always, his internet is playing up. So one last question, Abhijit, and then we'll wrap it up. And I'll put it on the screen so that you can read it. So... Dharampal mentioned in 1800, all castes used to study in Gurukul. More damage to the Hindu culture in 70s was done when Mrs. Gandhi transferred educational control. Will it be hard to reverse it again? Yes. Uh, uh, but uh, I think the, the, the baseline should not be Dharampal's education. Uh, uh, no, no. So what I'm saying I is love Dharampal. I recommend everybody read Dharampal because he will teach you a lot. He will teach you a heck of a lot in terms of what was happening. So that uh, read Dharampal's books. It was actually uh, Makarant Paranspe who introduced me to Dharampal. Uh, fantastic stuff. Please read. But uh, yeah, what he says is volumes. right. Uh, it is five volumes. And the one volume which talks about education is called mm -hmm. The Beautiful Tree. I have read Dharampal's works. I have all the five volumes of Dharampal. So, yeah. So, I guess we've covered everything. Abhijit, any last closing comments? I'll give you the closing comments. Yes. Okay. My closing comments are very simple. You're at the precipice. Historically, it is always best to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Don't hope for, don't uh, prepare for the best. Prepare for the worst. Institutionalize, institutionalize, institutionalize. Your PM should be scared of you. Your MLA should shit his pants when you enter his room. Your MP should wet his pants when you enter his room.
ओके इंस्टीट्यूशनलाइज इंस्टीट्यूशनलाइज कोऑर्डिनेट यूज दैटिकल कन्वर्ट वॉट एवर इंस्टीट्यूशनल पार यू हैव इन टू पोलिटिकल पार ऑलवेज एम फॉर इंस्टीट्यूशनल सोल्यूशन नेवर एम फॉर सिंगल पॉइंट एजेंडाज ऑलवेज एम फॉर मल्टी प्रॉन्ग अटैक्स मल्टी प्रॉन्ग इंटरसेक्शनल पॉलिसी एंड बाई इंटरसेक्शनल आई डोंट मीन वोक शिट यू नो वट आई मीन बाई इंटरसेक्शनल पॉलिसी that's how you solve you prevent this from happening might hinduism survive yeah yeah it might i don't personally think it will okay because i would always working in defense you always plan for the worst and if good things happen great okay but you always plan for the worst and so you always come up with the worst case scenario always do that uh because once you realize you haven't planned for the worst nothing's going to save you okay But basically guys, it's be- this make your prime minister fear you he shouldn't love you okay. he should fear you okay okay i get it so so please care uh, mr modi uh, but please vote for him <laughs> while you are scaring him make sure you vote for him um, so here's the thing guys once again a lot of you i was uh, a lot of you were you know like mera email mera email mera ye mera wo look i had four or five detailed emails i forwarded all those emails to abhijit look we cannot answer an entire email on a live discussion please for goodness sake abhijit on his own sweet time if he feels like replying will reply to that email uh, my job was to take your email and forward it to abhijit abhijit is right here right now he will confirm i forwarded each and every email that i got to him like a good boy that i am but at the end of the day you don't expect and me what did i Look, tell you save up the emails for q and a अबे साले चार पेज का ईमेल पढूं मैं ईमेल्स फॉर क्यूएनए बिकॉज़ लुक इट्स रीच्ड द पॉइंट वेयर आई जस्ट कैन नॉट आई गेट सो मेनी मेल्स अ डे आई गेट सो मेनी डीएम्स अ डे इंस्टा ट्विटर फेसबुक एवरीथिंग फॉरगेट बीइंग एबल टू रिस्पोंड आई कांट इवन रीड देम ऑन माय व्हाट्सएप आई हैव गॉट लाइक 1500 मैसेजेस आई हैव जस्ट टर्न्ड ऑफ माय व्हाट्सएप नोटिफिकेशंस आई हैव टर्न्ड ऑफ माय एसएमएस नोटिफिकेशंस आई हैव टर्न्ड ऑफ माय ईमेल नोटिफिकेशंस I I only get emails from colleagues and known friends from contacts, and you know I just can't respond. The volume is just too much. I'm not an asshole like Nisim Nisim Nasib Taleb, whatever he is, who carries around that poster saying no selfies. No, I just can't read and respond to everything. I just can't. It's physically impossible. So I'm really sorry. I'm not being an asshole. I just can't. I could do that when I had like three, four thousand followers on Twitter, and I miss those days because it was great fun chatting with people. I just can't do that anymore, boss. Like, my mm-hmm. uh, uh, Twitter messages, me, I still have about six hundred unread messages, going back to before my arrest in Odisha, going back to twenty eighteen, some to twenty seventeen. I just can't deal with it. That's why I had to close my 
uh, inbox because I just couldn't deal with the bloody volume. And I can't read four-page emails on a live stream. <laughs> this is very simple. It's yes. not complex. Yes. So, but shame on you, Kushal Mehra. You should have, you know, condensed it and asked me succinct questions. This is a fail on part of your podcast host, not on part of me. Anyways, guys, look, I, I, I'll just say this. I disagree with Abhijit, but, and I'll give you a very heartening ending. Abhijit has a very good track record of being wrong. <laughs> See, I just wanted to tell you, I agree with Abhijit 100%. Abhijit is a Hindu, whereas Kushal Mehra is actually a Pakistani ISI Muslim, Christo-Muslim agent who's trying to convert all of you. If you disagree with me, you're fundamentally from the ISI, okay? Remember that only people who agree with me are Dharma Bhaktas. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Okay, we'll end this discussion. This is going to be a never-ending discussion. But look, I, I tried my best. I think I in the first video, I gave Abhijit all the time uh, <laughs> to make his points. I tried my best to share my opinion although look i always tend to share them better when i prepare for it in a monologue where i can speak non-stop for 45 minutes and i will do that maybe in one of those monologues um <laughs> and i'll just end this discussion today with this super chat on the screen the horror you shared in the last podcast can it be <laughs> so guys i'm just going to leave this I just want to tell you, do not get scared. We are here for 5,000 years. We're gonna get scared. Fight. Get scared. This fellow is a Pakistani. He's a Mombatti wala who he's the uh, illegitimate son of Kuldeep Nayar who goes and holds candlelights on the border saying, Pakistanis are our brothers. Uh, Sayyid Salahuddin is my son and Masood Azhar is my hai. Don't listen to him. Do not listen to him. Okay. This is okay, not the time Abhijit. for complacency. Okay, Abhijit Ayangar. <laughs> That's what we leave today's discussion with, guys. I'm wrapping up today's show. Uh, as always, guys, thanks for watching the, the live stream. Uh, thanks for su supporting the chats and uh, supporting the podcast. I'll uh, extract the audio version and I'll put it up in a while. Uh, uh, please direct your abuses for Abhijit on Twitter. And uh, and just one passing comment to all the people who wasted so many comments. Look, I and I'm purposely saying this when Abhijit is on and I'm literally going to end the stream without letting anybody say anything. Look, a lot of people, you know, you went after me about, uh, so I just want to put this on the record on the live stream and it should stay. I will call him again and again and again and again. And I don't care what you think about it. Abhijit is my friend. I don't need to agree with him on anything. And I'll always be his friend. So on that note, we'll end this podcast. Can I say one thing? Uh, just one thing. Um, I will continue eating beef. You're not going to change my mind about it. Um, you don't pay my bills. You don't get to tell me what to do. 
Yeah. If you want me to stop it, then ban it. It's legal. Yeah. Okay. Don't fucking tell me what to do if you're not putting food in my plate or petrol in my okay. car. Yes. Okay. And if that is your sine qua non of uh, being a Hindu or whatever, please unfollow me, block me. I don't want people, I don't want to interact with people like you. I don't want to know you. I'm not interested in you. Uh, so, uh, whatever. And for the people abusing me, my only request is please come up at least with innovative abuses. Ye mother chod, chod, ye na, ye, uh, this thing, you know, it's very boring. Today, somebody called me Genda Swami. See, that's such that a nice... That is the best! <laughs> yeah, Genda Swami is such a nice abuse. Why can't you come up with that? So, gali do. I never gali do. But if you use casteist slurs, I'm fucking going to report you under the SCST Act. Make no mistake about it. My food choices are not up for discussion or arbitration. Screw you. I will eat what I want. I will post what I want on Twitter. Okay. There you go. Screw you. And third, if you're going to abuse me, perfectly fine. That is your prerogative. Maki galido, babki galido. I'm not going to report you to the police. That's perfectly fine. But please, at least do me the decency of coming up with innovative abuses. The left hasn't been able to cancel me. You fuckers, tumhari aukaat mein ye mere ko cancel karne ke liye. So Tata. So Tata guys, and like I said, we will see you and Abhijit on the podcast with another discussion which is going to depress you very soon. But that is for some other time. Until then, take care. Bye.